folks. Welcome to episode two of Hold No Heroes, a very much long overdue episode. I uh, do apologize for that. I heard uh, many good things from uh, many a good and trusted sources and friends about the reception to episode one, and uh, all of that excitement was uh, meant to propel me forward into episode two and above and beyond. But life has a way of undermining that. Uh, my parents came into town, and so I spent a week with them, but this is much longer than a week since episode one. Uh, truth being told, uh, it was a lot of plans being made, plans being followed through. I'm still kind of just making up how to prepare or even plan for these episodes. Even this is a little bit of a um, hodgepodge of uh, needing to put something out, wanting to put something out, but also maybe to collect on a few things that I wanted to publish. And so uh, this is why we're here now, because uh, my good friends are uh, pushing me forward, trying to get me to be honest to myself and to my goals, but also to uh, help me achieve what it is I set out to do, which is to create something. I like creating things. That might come as a bit of a surprise to even myself because it's so hard for me to do. I um, don't have an easy time creating things. Uh, a lot of the friends that I've made in the last few years were from uh, when I was on Vine. And that was meant to be just a uh, stupid thing I did. Honestly, I was talked into it by a friend, uh, my good friend Matt. Uh, he's like, hey, let's download this thing. and around but it wasn't until I committed myself to making at least one of those a day did I start to be impressed nah, proud not impressed proud of the things that I was making I say that having looked at my uh, backlog recently and being thoroughly unimpressed <laughs> they, they are not as good as I remember them being folks and that's probably going to just double for these episodes as well. Only time will tell. And I just need to kind of keep moving. There's a um, Ira Glass quote that I like that floats around the internet every once in a while. And it's about how a lot of people get into creative industries or creative endeavors without, without being able to find the point where they're creating stuff that they themselves like and how many people fall out of those industries or out of those creative projects before they get to a point where essentially their hand-eye coordination basically works out when it comes to creativity and their ability to act or uh, manifest their creativity. You know, I, uh, I refer to it myself as kind of just getting the sludge out of the system, kind of calibrating the, uh, the mechanisms. And I always thought that was a really nice quote because it kind of makes it sound like any of us could get there given our own uh, chosen medium or project. Uh, I'm gonna apologize right now. This is going to be a shorter and perhaps more boring episode. Uh, this is mostly just to uh, kind of do a little bit of housekeeping but also try to keep the embers glowing a little bit. So um, I'm Richard Doom, and this is episode two of Hold No Heroes. I introduced the podcast episode one, but I don't think I did a very good job of introducing myself. I didn't think it was necessary because basically the 20 or so people who listen to it already know who I am. But I am Richard Doom. That is not my real name. It is a name that I go by on the internet. It was a name I used um, from Vine, and it kind of just stuck. 
Uh, there are a lot of people out there who uh, only know me as Richard Doom, and that's okay. I am using the pen name in an effort to try and separate myself from my given name so that um, the things I say on this podcast do not haunt me in my professional life. Uh, as a anti-capitalist, leftist nerd with, um, let's just say opinions. I don't necessarily want those affecting my professional life. And, uh, the pen name is kind of just my attempt to try and mitigate that. Allow me to speak maybe a little bit more courageously because I am, uh, just a perennial coward. Just through and through. I'll, I'll admit it right up front. I would like to say the things that I believe, uh, but I don't want to get in trouble for them. And uh, that is my right as, a, as an American. No, it's not. There it is again. I already start backtracking on the things. On that note, let me go ahead and jump into the a little bit of a, an addendum. As I was editing the first episode and listening to my own voice as Ken and I talked about what I want this podcast to be and what I want it to do. First and foremost, it is a creative outlet for myself. I'd like to make things. I would like to write things. I've written professionally before and uh, I enjoyed it. I don't get to do creative things anymore, but uh, it's fun. I enjoy it and I find it very rewarding for my mental well-being. And as I was editing that episode, I realized that I don't like my words. I have a lot of trouble when it comes to communicating. Just kind of comes from a uh, background thing. Just a innate desire to express myself, but feel as though I'm never doing a quite well enough job doing it. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. That'll get... Uh, probably a little more personal as time goes on. I'm going to not put that into the episode two of Hold No Heroes, but suffice it to say that I don't always express myself the way I'd like. And if I were to be speaking naturally, as I uh, do in day-to-day conversations, I would be speaking a lot more precise and a lot more uh, steady-paced but for the purposes of trying to maintain uh, an air of entertainment and not bore all of you to death, I'm speaking more quickly, my words are less precise, and I am all over the place. That is also why I believe that this will be uh, a good project for myself. Uh, Sorry to take you along for my uh, therapy tool, but I would like to try and be able to express myself a little bit more See, I'm doing it right now. When I think about it, it gets even worse. So it's kind of like thinking about the ums you're saying, and then all you can do is saying um. But the point I'm trying to make is that I hope that I can illuminate, that I can educate, that I can entertain on this podcast while doing myself the benefit of being able to express myself and to get better at communication. So that is my explanation. And with that is uh, an apology for the times I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say things that are imprecise. I am going to say things that are flat out wrong. My word choices were not fantastic in the last episode. Uh, All I can do is uh, listen to it and hear. I'm like, that's not what that word means. 
Uh, but Ken, God bless him, he knows what I'm trying to say because he's known me for a long time. And um, it is a little daunting to go ahead and present myself before an audience of people who know me, but also the possibility of people who don't. And they are not going to have the context to understand what I'm saying when I'm being imprecise or what I mean when I'm being indelicate. So I uh, would appreciate enough slack to go ahead and hang myself. I will try to be as careful as I can be while still trying to speak in a way that I think will do right by this format. Let's, let's go with that. Uh, there are going to be episodes where, uh, as I edit them, I'm going to probably have to do addendums or something. Hopefully that won't happen too often. You know, the scariest thing is uh, putting something out there that people will hear and then get mad at me for. Like I said, I'm an absolute coward. Um, <laughs> my, my friend just messaged me about how um, one of those big uh, psychotic Twitter accounts quote tweeted him to sick their um, hundreds of thousands of followers, uh, dozens of thousands of followers after him. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Had, I've had people do that and it sucks. And, uh, you know, it, it just puts you on the back foot and very defensive. And that is what I am trying to prevent and the best way to prevent that would be to not do this at all. But here I am just being dumb as shit and making a podcast anyways, uh, using a pen name that the vast majority of the people listening to this already know is uh, my real name. But I ask that you uh, come along with me on this journey as uh, we all try to better ourselves. Um, I went ahead and created a Facebook page for Richard Doom, so that is where I will be posting these episodes, as well as the episodes that I do on my friend's uh, podcast. Uh, I was just on an episode with uh, Stevie on her podcast, Buzz Biology. I will be posting that on the Richard Doom Facebook page. But yeah, if anybody ever wants to uh, tag me, quote unquote, on Facebook, they can feel free to tag the Richard Doom podcast page. That is uh, going to be the Richard Doom. That is a page, not a person. And uh, it obviously has a Dr. Doom uh, user avatar. Now, something I wanted to talk about while listening again to the episode, episode one of Hold No Heroes while I was editing it, was I, in that episode that was published, I said, you gotta give credit to Trump when he's right. Now, in the recording of that episode with Ken, we actually went on a little bit of an extended tangent, and I decided to cut all that out, because it made it sound like I was saying nice things about our president, Donald Trump. And folks, you do not have to say anything nice about Donald Trump. That is the uh, topic for this episode. You do not, in fact, have to give it to Donald Trump. When it comes to our stories, as well as our politics, as this is a podcast about both, we have good guys and we have bad guys. Now, I do not wish to be reductionist, but bear with me, I'm going somewhere with this. When you are trying to fight for something, or even achieve something, you have to be able to decide and discern who are your allies and who are your enemies. If you are incapable of doing that, then you will never achieve your goal. This is probably one of my biggest frustrations when reading about and talking about American politics. It's because Americans, by and large, are incapable of discerning who are their friends and who are their enemies. The whole idea that it's Republicans versus Democrats is honestly as reductionist as you get and quite hilarious considering how much overlap has just happened in my lifetime. That's 30 years. How much in 30 years those two groups of people, people with R's next to their names and people with D's next to their names, 
have done to fuck up this country through and through. So the idea that the dichotomy is that easily displayed is quite asinine. When I was giving credit to Trump, I was saying that because if all you do is say, that is my enemy and that is my ally, and thus everything my ally says is correct and everything my enemy says is incorrect, you will do yourself a disservice. In the spirit of Hold No Heroes, you will be chaining yourself to that person and everything that they say or do after that. I do not recommend it. When I or my comrades say something negative about Donald Trump, the first thing a Republican does is say, oh yeah, but Obama. Now me and all of my comrades do not feel any allegiance to Obama. So we say, yeah, fuck Obama. He did a lot of fucked up shit. I bet I could give a better list of them than you could because I am not chained to that image of a righteous Democrat and a corrupt Republican. You have to be able to point it out when it is quote unquote on your side. But that is the topic I'm trying to get at here, which is I looked this one up, and sorry to reveal my uh, old theological days, the um, Bible verse. I swear I don't quote, I very rarely quote Bible verses, but this came to mind when I was planning this, and I wanted to make sure to get it right. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, Matthew 7, 15 to 16a. I cut off 16, sorry, it didn't go with where I was wanting it to go. I could read the whole thing, but I'm already taking too long to explain why I didn't. Know them by their fruits. It's, it's not enough to talk a good game. You have to be able to act it out. And in this world of concealed allegiances and secret motivations and allies that are going to do you harm, even unintentionally, and vice versa, you have to be able to judge a tree by its fruits. Donald Trump is a racist, xenophobic, stupid, impulsive liar. He is a criminal through and through. Everything he touched turns to shit, and he should be given credit for nothing. The fact that he was able to say one thing that was true, or two things that were true, is basically just tossed up to a law of averages. That's it. That's all it is. The man talks for so long and with such frequency that he was bound to stumble upon something that was somehow true. And that's only because he is the main character in his own story, and everything he says is to say how great he is or how shitty his opponents are. So when he, you put him in a position where it's just like, hey, what about this opponent of yours? It's like, oh yeah, well, uh, they're corrupt. I'm like, oh my god, he's right. You don't have to give him any credit for it. He's basically a speaking spell, all right? You don't have to give Donald Trump any credit. And that is why I cut out this whole little segment of episode one, because I don't want anyone thinking that you have to. I said it in episode one because in fighting for a better world, it is important to not only know what the truth is, but to fight for it. And the truth will be used against us. Truth is a springboard. Truth is a tool. It just depends on how you use it. A lot of people get very mad about uh, Bernie Sanders took his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Now, 
That wasn't true. He did go to the Soviet Union on a sister city trip right after he was married to Jane. And he joked that it was as if he was going on a honeymoon there. But it was for official business as the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. But people went ahead and used that kernel of truth to go ahead and imply that he is disloyal to America. Could you imagine? It's, it's what I caution you against. Truth first and foremost, must be pursued. We cannot ignore what is true, but we also cannot ignore what is good. Sometimes those two things are not the same, but more often than not, if you allow the truth to bear out and you do not allow others to speak the truth in the false ways that they would, good will be enacted. I'm speaking incredibly vague here, but my point is that you will know them by their fruits. Donald Trump's fruits are rotten to their core. And I hope over future episodes we can talk more at length about what fruits are worth eating, to strain this metaphor even further, and which ones are worth throwing out. That is, let's call it, I don't know, point two of Hold No Heroes. Hold No Heroes means don't let your valorization, uh, don't let your positive viewpoint of someone prevent you from seeing where they fail, and don't let your negative connotations of somebody, negative, don't let your negative impressions of somebody ruin the chance for them to do good as well. In the same vein, I wanted to go ahead and, in an upcoming episode, I'll be uh, recording with friends. I will let the uh, who the friends are be a surprise. But in an upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about villains. And some of them that might not be so easily discarded into the villains bin, let's say. And that is because in this same vein, I'm going to connect these two episodes right now. You need to be able to look at their words, but more specifically their actions. Their actions are what tell you what they're really about. Internal thoughts we can't, we are not privy to. So internal motivations, secret motivations, that is between them and God. All we have is the material. Anybody can say anything. Like I said, that was the springboard that got me to Donald Trump in the first episode. Even Donald Trump says true things, but it is their actions you must latch on to. And when they stop doing good actions, then they are no longer on your side. In the same vein, the calculus will be different, and I don't, this is probably episode into itself, but one good action does not make a worthwhile ally. Two, probably not. Three, I cannot be the one to tell you where the calculus lies. Because when it comes to complex matters of justice and politics, the calculus will always be shifting. Some people used to be on the other side and used to be absolutely against this issue. Now, they seem to have had an honest, solemn, on the road to Damascus moment. And I believe that we should give people the opportunity to do that, to change for the better, but also give them the chance to change for the worse. But we do not owe them the opportunity to continue to do harm if they continually undermine our efforts for justice, for good, then they should be not considered allies and they should be tossed to the side and they should be allowed to prove themselves later in another arena if they so desire. But at the moment, they have presented themselves as an obstacle. Maybe not an enemy, but an obstacle. And we have enough of those as it is when it comes to fighting for the good we know that needs to be done. I don't know if this is going to be worthwhile 
uh, tangent, but this was the uh, avenue in which I wanted to try and broach into some uh, comic lore in order to try and tie it to today's topic. I had mentioned it to others, but it's a little bit of um, comics obscurum that, uh, you know, you kind of just say it and everybody just goes, okay, and? But I'm just going to go ahead and say it as a means to try and connect it to the broader point I'm trying to make. How many of you are familiar with the character Drax the Destroyer from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? All of you? Okay. How many of you have read a comic book with Drax the Destroyer in them? Fewer, I'm sure. Drax the Destroyer, as with all of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters, the Guardians of the Galaxy were C and D list characters that were um, amassed for a major blockbuster movie. It was uh, probably the biggest risk that Marvel has taken to date when it comes to their movies. I bring this all up because Drax the Destroyer in the comic books has an origin that is considerably different and more complex uh, than his movie counterpart. But Drax the Destroyer in the comic books was originally a human man by the name of Arthur Douglas. Now, Arthur Douglas was just a normal family man, and he was on a in a car ride with his wife and daughter when, out of the blue, Thanos the Titan runs by, destroys the car, kills the family. It's kind of one of those just happenstance kind of matter-of-fact things of a villain going on a rampage in the comic books. But this one was different because... Thanos' grandfather, a very powerful titan by the name of Kronos, he took Arthur Douglas's soul and put it in a body that he created that was specifically designed with the purpose and the ability to kill Thanos. And thus Drax the Destroyer was created. He was created with the powers of strength and flight and energy beams and everything like that. He has since been toned down to the character you see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even before the movie came out, actually, where they took away his lasers and his flight and his considerable strength. He basically looked like a Hulk with a uh, purple cowl on the back of his head and a cape. But Drax the Destroyer has been cutting a swath of bodies through the galaxy. He is regarded as one of the most dangerous, impulsive, and violent characters in the Marvel Cosmos. Uh, feared throughout many of the um, spacefaring races and uh, cultures. I mean, his very name is Drax the Destroyer. He destroys things. He kills things. He absolutely obliterates things. He destroys things. I bring this all up because by the nature of his origin in the Marvel cosmic order, he is considered an avatar of life. That's one of my favorite little pieces of trivia. He, well, he does, he's not a very powerful person. He's not a healer. He does not bring people to life. He just wanders around with knives, cutting people who get in his way and killing them outright in brutal and violent means. But because the target of his ire, person he was created to destroy, Thanos, is an avatar of death. So by the transitive property, he is an avatar of life. He is an ally to life because he is intended to kill an ally of death. It's kind of one of those fun little pieces of trivia that was uh, introduced in a story arc, a Guardians of the Galaxy volume oh i wouldn't i'm not gonna get the volume right but it came out basically in the last let's say seven years guardians of the galaxy book uh featured um drax and adam warlock and phyla vale uh other characters that i will explain to you 
in other episodes, uh, but I'm just trying to... I'll probably mention the description so that I can cite my sources, but I use this as a bit of a analogy. You will know them by their fruits. Rex the Destroyer is a impulsive, impatient, and violent killer, but his mission is to destroy even more violent and monstrous killers. And because of that fact alone, he is an ally of life. It's simple and reductionist, and that's going to end up probably being the theme of a lot of these episodes. But there is something to be said about your mission statement, what it is you hope to accomplish. Ideally, the people that share the same mission statement should be able to ally and accomplish their goals. But we live in an infinitely more complex world than that between the pages of a comic book. Even 80 years worth of comic books. We don't always know what a person's motive is. We don't always know if they mean what they're saying. But all you can do is judge them by their fruits. Sometimes the tree has borne enough fruit for us to go ahead and make a very well-estimated uh, calculation. Other times, not so. I would say that uh, Barack Obama... When he ran in 2007-2008, he was a young man with uh, not a lot of uh, experience on the national stage. Uh, not a lot of fruit to judge. And I took him for the progressive he was trying to signal me to believe in. I have since become a little less trusting of people who wish to signal progressive values without having ever actually fought for any of them. That is ultimately the message I want to get to in this episode. We can go ahead and talk about whether a person's tactics are worthwhile or effective or even immoral. Those are conversations we need to have. But right now I'm just talking about how you judge whether somebody is an ally or not. And you do not have to bend over backwards to make an ally out of somebody that does not want to be your ally. You know, um... I've uh, gone at length about Donald Trump now, but let me go ahead and say another one. One that's a little bit more small time. There's been a whole bunch of episodes, uh, podcast episodes out there that I've listened to recently about uh, Samantha Power. Samantha Power has a new book coming out. Samantha Power was the uh, ambassador for the U.S. to the U.N., as well as being within the Obama administration herself. And she talks a good game. She has rather famously wrote a book about uh, a number of uh, contemporary era genocides. Uh, she somehow managed to omit all the ones that America was either involved in, allowed to happen, or sanctioned in one way or another. This is uh, telling, and this has to do with speech and action. She had the ability to affect those policies of what genocides do not and do get sanctioned. But as a member of the Obama administration, she took firsthand part in a number of drone campaigns, war crimes, and has propped up all manner of ruthless dictator and psychopath, such as American foreign policy. She is now trying to position herself as the person she once was, where she can go ahead and talk at length about all these bad things need to stop and all these good things need to keep happening without any mention, without any atonement for the things that she directly committed while in power. You know, it's not enough to just talk a good game, like I've said. You have to demonstrate that you mean the words that you're saying. And it isn't so much that she personally did murders, genocides, coups, but she was behind the scenes approving. If she wasn't directly, she was basically secondhand in approving these things. 
and she never did a thing to criticize any of it. She did not resign out of disgrace. She did not say that this is a bridge too far. She played the company woman part, said the good things out loud, said the bad things in private, because it would never actually harm her career. That fruit is rotten and is not worth partaking in. I would ask you to judge carefully those who would be your allies in justice. Many people don't want justice to happen. Justice is an accounting of wrongs. It is not so much about punishment. It is about preventing future wrongs and making right past wrongs. It is the very principle of an egalitarian society where everyone is equal and has rights and access to the resources needed to live a proper, sufficient, and worthwhile life. That is arguably what a lot of the left is fighting for. We have a lot of discussions about who is on our side and who is not, and about what tactics are right and which tactics are not. But this whole rant of mine is meant to say, you do not have to devote any of your time to giving a gold sticker to the people who were once your enemies, who are still your enemies, and who will continue to be your enemies when they say something facile, obvious, and true. Donald Trump has an encyclopedia's worth of crimes to atone for. And maybe someday the justice system will get to it. Who knows? But don't break a sweat. Do not lose a second of thought as to whether you need to give him any credit for anything good he's done. The scales have judged him quite guilty. And he is the obvious case I'm trying to make against. There are more ambiguous cases. And I look forward to being able to talk about those ones with others. Um, when the time presents. I wasn't able to get anybody uh, to uh, record with me. I kind of just needed to seize the fire while it was hot. Uh, you know, when uh, my uh, broken brain says, hey, let's record an episode. I um kind of just going with it right now. I kind of just need to uh, do it whether uh, others are available or not. So please uh, forgive me for ranting for a considerable amount of time. I will try to edit it to a even more reasonable amount of time. But I thank you for taking this journey with me. And um, please let me know what your thoughts are in the comments. This isn't a YouTube video, but I'm probably going to post this places. So uh, feel free to uh, text me, DM me, at reply me, what you think, what your thoughts are, and what you think a uh, future episode should be. I'll see you next time. See you later, heroes.